So let's start with who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Kevin Terrell, co-founder and CEO of Birch AI. We're a spin-out from the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence, top AI research organization in the country in Seattle, Paul Allen's Legacy Fund AI research organization. Um, my background, German political science major, first job, Defense Intelligence Agency and CIA back in the day, led some uh, markets for big companies and such, and then was in the healthcare practice of McKinsey for a while, doing consulting work and across the spectrum of healthcare. Wow, talk about impressive. Like, I feel like that was a ton. So that, that's fantastic. So tell us about what Birch AI is in the customer experience universe. Yeah. So what we do is we focus on complex after-call work, right? So the way we think about the call center or contact center is kind of pre-agent, on-call, after-call, and then analytics and audit, right? Kind of four big buckets of what happens across the spectrum. Pre-agent is, is things like IVR or chatbots and such, right? On-call support is support of the agent during the call. After-call is the call's ended, and now I need to document what I just did, right? And so what we do is we focus on that part of the equation, particularly in highly complex environments where you have to do a lot of documentation, and typically with really expensive people. So healthcare, as an example, right? You have people making anywhere from a hundred to even four or $500,000 a year a lot of times, not regular agents per se, but clinicians, right, who are actually on call center software doing their jobs. We're going to automate all that documentation work, so writing the summary, classifying the call, or logging the call, as you may call it. Uh, we're going to do all that in about 10 to 15 seconds and spin that back to the agent in their existing CRM system. But at the end of the day, they're going to save about 75% of their total documentation time, which, again, if you have people making... $400,000 a year yeah. adds up pretty quickly. There's an efficiency there. Are you at liberty to say sort of at a high level how you're accomplishing such a uh, robust use of uh, proprietary nomenclature at scale? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, big picture kind of hot topic these days is generative AI, right? Yeah. Chat GPT. I'd say we were generative AI before it was called generative AI, right? So TechStack, my technical co-founder, Jin Han Liu, who I've known for over a dozen years, came out of Facebook AI research, lead author on a number of seminal papers in generative AI, okay. the Roberta and Bart papers. So our entire tech stack is based on, obviously, her capabilities and what the team has built out from there. But we have a deep understanding of generative AI uh, at its most basic level, and then deep understanding of processes and such in these complex call centers, right? And so marrying the AI technology with the software and the process understanding is what we're really good at. Sort of, you're sort of naturally evolved from into this space. How long have you guys been open? Yeah, so uh, we, we're a seed stage company, so we raised our seed round uh, financing about 16 months ago. Oh. Yeah. So, so it's a hot topic. I'm here at the right time yeah. getting in on the ground floor of your story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're you know relatively small company. But um, like I say, you know, we have really special forces, right, uh, of engineering teams, right? We don't have 100 people doing engineering. We have a small team that's really good. So, and we, I've seen your documentation here, and you talked about the healthcare industry. Are there specific verticals? Obviously, you feel like there's a couple of verticals where this makes the most sense today. Yeah. So uh, a way to think about where we've started and why is, I think, you know, a chart where the x-axis is average handle time, including documentation time, and the y-axis is expensive to people doing the work, right? That upper right quadrant is full of really expensive people spending half their time documenting what they just did. 
you see a ton of that in healthcare, right? And so some of the use cases in healthcare are things like the medical device customer service example that I talked about. Uh, on the other end, you have things like prior authorization, right? So where the provider's being told the payer's not gonna pay for this until we've gone through a bunch of decisions. At the end of that, oftentimes could be a cardiologist talking to a cardiologist, people making four to $500,000 a year, spending half their time documenting what they just did. And then another big use case is actually care management, which has gotten more and more important, right? You have, like Medicare Advantage is a capitated payment system, right? Where people need to get, they get paid based on the value they're bringing to the equation, right? So it's very important for them to stay on top of patients and making sure they're doing okay. Huge sector for us where there's hundreds of thousands of nurses, all making six digits, if you will, spending, again, half their time documenting what they just did. Is it safe to say you're focused entirely in the medical industry right now? Yeah, we're, uh, that's where we started. Okay. Um, there are certainly related use cases. So insurance, for instance. Uh, so there are some use cases that are basically healthcare in the insurance industry. So think things like long-term disability or workers' comp. Those are typically in a in a life insurance company, but at the end of the day, they're really fundamentally a healthcare situation. Just had a great conversation with somebody here in the financial services industry where they have very high compliance requirements around making sure you did what you're supposed to do yeah. and that you're documenting that for future reference, right? So those are industries that are very important for us right now. Do you have a client now that you sort of kicked off with or are you looking for yeah. your first? Yeah, no, we're uh, we're deployed right now, Fortune 500 medical device company, actually. So the example I give you on uh, medical device is, is from one of our current customers. Awesome. What, what, what? One of the things I try to do is educate the audience about these innovations. And when I say educate, not so much about what to do, but how to think about the industry, how to understand the, the trends across the board. Clearly, you have sort of identified an upcoming trend. What, what, what does a buyer or some of you need your solution? What are some of the key flags or triggers that are in their horizon or on their radar, if you will, that sort of signal, hey, they should talk to, to Birch. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had a presentation here at the show yesterday, and one of the things I talked about was, you know, the application of generative AI to the contact center and how should you be thinking about that yeah. in your business. And so, um, again, you know, on the one scale, you have pre-agent, which is things like IVR, on-call support, after-call support, and then audit and analytics, right? All of those things are things that you could have done before generative AI, but they weren't done as well, right? And why is that? Because with generative AI, one of the things you see is I can semantically understand every word of a conversation at scale for every conversation in my business. It's no longer just a control F, right? And so now suddenly I can start to be really good at understanding what's happening in a conversation. And all these different four pillars I talked about are going to get rewritten with generative AI. So the question for you as a business is, where's your biggest payoff, right? You know, if you're a frontline business and you have hundreds of agents taking really simple calls, you're going to very quickly start to see things like voice bots with artificial voices tied to generative AI on the backside that's going to get better quickly, right? And so you're going to want to think about how do I start engaging there? Whereas if you have use cases that I described, you know, if you have a lot of really expensive people in a high compliance environment, I can tell you right now, those people hate doing documentation work, right? You talk to these clinicians, one of the biggest reasons for burnout is because I'm spending half my time putting stuff into an EHR or whatever, right? So if, if that's your situation, you want to look at something like this because you couldn't really do anything like this before. And now suddenly I'm opening up, if I can open up 
you know, 35% of my clinician's time and get rid of something they hate doing, what a great opportunity. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I love your use case. I love where you're digging into the industry. I myself, I hate paperwork. So I just, <laughs> yeah. I can, this, this is something that's relatable. If people want to know more about you or connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, you can just reach out on our website, perch.ai, like the tree, B-I-R-C-H.ai, um, or Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, at perch.ai. Okay, Kevin, is there anything else that, clearly you're an expert, is there a question that I didn't ask that might be helpful for me to ask for the audience to know more about this part of the industry? Yeah, sure. There's, um, there's some different types of summaries that are out there, too. You can have... You know, different use cases. So what I described is a really high value use case, right? Where you have really expensive people writing complex summaries. There are simpler use cases that are more frontline situations where a lot of times you have to have some documentation, ideally, because someone might call back. Because the last thing you want to do as a, as a customer is to call in and have to repeat everything you just said the day before. You get pissed off, the agent gets pissed off, whatever, right? So in those use cases, what we see a lot of times is that People are putting a lot of pressure for good reason on agents to reduce their handle time. So agents aren't doing a very good job of documentation. In those situations, there are different types of summary models that you can use that will get you very consistent summaries. They're not going to be great, but they're going to get you something that's always there. So that what you don't have is an agent looking into the record and seeing nothing and having to ask all the same questions again. Those are slightly different types of summaries. So even if you don't have those complex summaries, there's going to be opportunities for you to say, hey, I look at what I have today for summaries. 40% of the time I have nothing. 30% of the time I have something, but it's basically useless. And then 30% of the time I have stuff. In that case, you're probably a 3 out of 10. We can probably get you to a 6 or a 7 out of 10 by using some of these other models I talked about. Brilliant. I, I love what you said. It's almost like when I use ChatGPT, I keep having to train it more and more like, here's more information, more information. What it sounds like you're, you're providing is this pathway as uh, a customer comes and connects with the brand. Each time they connect, these summaries sort of train both the brand and the, and the, and the customer to work more closely together yeah. over time. Is that That's reasonable? Yeah. Uh, awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been CX in the Wild, and I'll put all your contact information in the, in the description and that sort of stuff. Okay.